Keeping you up to date with the latest SEO and web development news. With a little flavour added in. Detroit style. The Trademark Productions weekly podcast radio show. Coming live from Detroit. Well, um, actually, Royal Oak. No one really lives in Detroit anymore. All right, we're back. It's the Trademark Productions Web Talk Radio Show, and uh, we we brought a special guest in this week to kind of discuss a little bit more about um, what the internet does for all different types of businesses and organizations and reasons, and how they incorporate that, uh, I guess, into their into their daily business operatives. Uh, with us today is Mr. Jim Tiganelli. He is the president of the Police Officers Association of Michigan. Jim, thanks for uh, trucking it down to Royal Oak on a cold Friday to talk with us a little bit. Pleasure to be here. So kind of tell us, I, I mean, obviously we have a relationship with you and we work on the web, but we only th- thought that it would be necessary and non-biased to get complete honesty out of you, but talk a little bit about the evolution of, of Palm over maybe the past 10 years involving the internet and what it's meant for the organization. Well, I'd be happy to. Uh you know, we have uh, existed in one form or another since about 1980, but I would say in the last 10 years that you're talking about or that we're referring to here is a period of time where we probably doubled in membership. And I'm just using that figure sort of loosely, but I would say um, probably since late 90s till today, the last 15 years anyway, I'd say we've for sure doubled in our number of people that we represent. And by doing that, obviously, information exchange communications, uh, the ability to uh, share that information into all four corners of the state, which at one time I guess you could say we were sort of a southeastern Michigan organization, and now mm-hmm. we, we Grand Traverse County, Rogers City, you know, you name it, all four Rogers corners. Rogers City. Yeah, north of Alpena there. Yeah, I know where it's at. Okay. Well, I, don't know. I knew you've led a pretty sheltered life. I didn't want <laughs> to assume anything. But that, that I think that period of time is... Uh, because of that occurring, you know, and really occurring almost simultaneously with, at least as far as I know, the the real explosion of, you know, electronic media, emails, Twitter, Facebooks, and such, uh, they sort of came on together and probably has been helpful to us in a big way. Now, I mean, even going from the extent of the Law Enforcement Journal, which is a, it was at one time a quarterly uh, newspaper that you guys actually had. before that we did more than four year uh, probably when you came on it may have been four but there was a period of time where we did more than that okay yeah. and so now that's something now we we pass out and if there's an electronic version of, of it available as well that definitely does right. get picked up in this red um when we had talked with you, God, going back now three years ago, um, you guys were just working with a, a, a local person doing mm-hmm. just very sporadical updates to the website at different times. And now we've, uh, it seems like we're working on this on a daily basis with a couple different gentlemen in your office. How have we seen the, the growth and I guess the interaction that's um, maybe feedback that you've heard from others in regards to referring people back to the website. You know, before it was something to be proud of, maybe five, seven, eight years ago, it was a cool thing to have a website and was to telling people, hey, go to our website, you got to check it out, what's there? And now it's just common knowledge. It's almost like saying sorry. So how many times do you, did you find yourself in, in, in referring back to it and sending people back and forth about it or it being involved in the business process and in daily activities? Actually, um, you would ask that. Yesterday I was in Kalamazoo. <laughs> Trying to recruit a new group, and I can, and I've been recruiting for the organization for 
probably nearly 20 years. And as I look back on it now, I, I think that one, part of the recruiting message now is POM.net. Uh, only yesterday, I mean, I talked to a local guy who they were involved in a serious incident at Chase where some people were injured, and these are not our members. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of their members was being uh, confronted with a, an internal interview regarding what he had done. And this local president went to POM.net and was able to pull up Garrity, Weingarten, all those things that are, you guys are probably getting somewhat familiar with now because mm-hmm. of the relationship. And they were able to pull up all of this information, even legal cases that our general counsel, Frank Guido, has argued on the website. And these aren't even our members. And so, I mean, if you can imagine the thrill I got listening to a guy say, the reason you're here, and I'm sure to some extent, maybe not totally, but to some extent, here was a guy saying, our own organization can't answer these questions in person, and you answered them for us electronically, and you didn't even know. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I guess that's yesterday. So when you ask me how often it happens, I, I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say every day somebody somehow or other, in a large or small way, makes reference to it. We found that over the past 12 months, um, myself personally, I was an early adopter with Twitter. We have to try out all of these things, of course. The, the cooks have to you know, dip the, the spoon in the pot and taste the sauce as mm-hmm. it's being made. Um, but to really understand what they're going, uh, what these tools are coming out to be and how they can be useful for a lot of businesses. So that's the big surge now that we're seeing is that everybody wants to be involved in social media and it needs to have a place. And it's very exciting and it's very expansive. But we're really finding that it's a very specific process and it does take a lot of time in order to truly get the value out of it. And where am I going with this is, you know, since about a year ago, we've really harvested and and found a very wide audience, a very active audience um, that are police officers that are involved in law enforcement and um, 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 the the prisoners, the prison guards. uh, Oh, yeah. Department of Corrections. Corrections. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It's Friday. Um, But we see a lot of those interacting with POEM on Facebook on a a daily basis. And now, utilizing that social media, let's talk a little bit about uh, two different things. We definitely want to bring up how we're utilizing it now this year for the donation drive we're doing this year for Mm -hmm. Police Week in Washington, D.C., for Walter Reed to uh, help uh, get uh, a lot of uh, needed items out to soldiers that are protecting our country that have been wounded overseas, but also Public Act 312. I think that's widely apparent with how popular that has now become as a topic um, in the news and now with media and internet and what happened in Wisconsin and now what happened recently uh, in Michigan here too. So that's just a very important topic, the poem. Um, Give us a little background of what 312 is and what's going on with it and what you're finding that's, you know, as far as interaction that's happening with the site and online and how are you getting some of your updates and news as well? Well, the the uh, the webpage does allow a lot of people to find us that might not have our email address. So I would say that typically, uh, and I don't, uh, I'm going to confess to you here that uh, the Facebook thing overwhelms me with how fast it is. I like to think that I can catch on and learn, but I would say that the first time you asked me about Facebook, you want to do Facebook or Twitter, I thought, well, how could we possibly need that? And uh, of course, you were on the right track as far as that goes because. You know, it's, it's literally unbelievable the amount of communication that goes back, even to guys on the job while they're working back and forth. I yep. mean, undercover officers talking back and forth that in the old days, you know, you needed to use a, a secure phone or a secure radio. I mean, now they're doing it on Facebook. Uh, 
But what 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 I've seen in that, as far as uh, the communication from, on, you mentioned three twelve. Did the the Wisconsin thing certainly got everyone's attention, and uh, and then also John Kasich in Ohio was you know was a big issue there for a while. Now let's for our listeners, let's be specific with what three twelve is because okay, sure. people might think that's like the um, what's the uh, the universal sign for marijuana. Three uh, no uh, four twelve four twenty. 420 up, Craig knows it, of course. I don't know. When we arrested him, it was 3500 <laughs> So uh, In know, cash. So I, I didn't have to know what you used on the corner. I only had to know what to fill out the form. But what 312 is, Public Act 312 was adopted in 1969 here in Michigan, and it is somewhat unique to our state. And I think that that creates some controversy, too, because when you hear people talk about collective bargaining, they seem to confuse that with Public Act 312. I won't go into the bargaining end of it now, but... Public Act 312 basically was initiated in 1969 following the riots in the city of Detroit where police officers and firefighters were working without a contract and for one reason or another a lot of them became ill uh, during that period of time. And so the, the intention was you don't have a contract, what can we do to assure that you'll have a contract and on the other hand what can you do for us that will assure us that police and fire will never go on strike. And that was really what Public Act 312 was intended to do, was to prohibit strikes. So that there wouldn't be a loss of any type of public protection That's services. Right. They all, we all recognized the chaos that would occur if police and fire just decided not to come in. And in those days, it was common for contracts to be three, four, five years expired because what are you going to do about it? And, you know, so we didn't want to do anything about it. But after those particular events in the city of Detroit, and it went on in other areas, obviously. There was the late 60s was a very chaotic time as far as those types of things going on. They, they came up with Public Act 312 to assure that we'd have binding arbitration. Some independent third party would come in, listen to both sides, make their case of what they deserved or didn't deserve. And uh, in exchange for that, during the process and throughout the process, and before and after the process, police and fire wouldn't go on strike. And, uh, and that's really what... It, that's not oversimplified. Truthfully, the idea was to make sure that you generally had a contract and that you never went on strike. Hmm. So what what is actually happening now with 312, and how does it affect uh, our listening audience? Well, the, the one thing that the listening audience needs to know is that there has never been a strike. And so consequently, when people ask me how is 312 working or you know, does it require modification or to be repealed, the first thing I would say is it really was intended to never allow firemen and policemen to go on strike, and that has done that purpose. Now, because I think of the conflict between collective bargaining, the, the, the term collective bargaining, and binding arbitration, people have tended to blend those things. For the personal, uh, for the public that's out there, what they need to know is the cops and the firemen come to work every day, whether they have a contract or not. We have a lot of them out there that are two, three, four years expired now, but the guys come to work every day. Uh, what I think a lot of people believe, and inaccurately, is that an arbitrator can come in and impose his will. He does have the right to impose his will. Let me start by saying that. Binding arbitration means just that. He hears both sides. He makes an award of one side or the other, and it is exactly what he says. But people say, well, he comes in and he just, be, you know, like he, he can just impose this on you without any logic to it, and that's not the case. It is a it's a very long process, lots of exhibits, lots of theory gone into it. And uh, what's really happened that I think has upset most of the leaders of this state is that it takes too long. And, and that's not because of the time. It's because of the expense that's associated with that lengthy period. 
on average, how long does uh, you know some type of arbitration like this take? Well, the process from start to end could take it like nine months. I think would not be unreasonable. And what kind of costs are involved with that? Uh, the cost of the arbitrators run about a thousand dollars a day. Now they're not working nine months. I don't mean to misunderstand. You know, there's a lot of downtime in sure. between. But you might have ten or twelve days of hearings, and they get study time to you know read what they've heard. They get prep time to create to read briefs uh, to prepare the award. So it might be a 25 day. I'm giving you in general terms. It might be a, not unreasonable to say it's a 25 day thing where there's compensation involved for the arbitrator. So there's 25,000 and it's split three ways: the union, the employer, and the state assume one third of the cost. That's why the state's involved in this. Right, because it's a cost to the state. That's and right. So with Mr. Snyder now wanting to really cut back and trim down things and kind of hit a reset button on this is one of the targets we see in doing so. That seems to be an, an easy, um, no-brainer type of a decision, really. Because the process, and I believe the POM, without hesitation, people on both sides of the table will tell you that the POM has taken a proactive role in this for many years. And, and we don't hire people to do our 312s. So other than the third that we pay the arbitrator, we don't have any additional expense. Our research people, our advocates are all full-time employees. But the process does take too long. And uh, part of the problem is when you're talking about uh, streamlining it, there's a lot of attorneys at the table. And, you know, attorneys get paid by the word, and they get paid by the hour. Sure. And I don't blame them if you're willing to pay them. It's I, business. Uh, but the truth is what used to be a three- or four-day process has become a 15- or 20-day process, and it really isn't because of the union. It isn't because of the cops or the firemen. It's because of the union or the attorneys that are involved. Okay. Um, uh, Jim, you know, we're talking a little bit about 3112, and uh, last, um, last year or this, this past election season, POEM came out and openly uh, supported uh, Rick Snyder for governor. And, um, again, getting back to the power of social media and through the website, um, where a lot of people have a very, very easy way to reach out and give an opinion, it gives um, us an easy way to also put out information and opinions as well. And, um, you, you know, recently across the blog and on social media and Facebook, there's been couple different stabs that's been coming at Poem. And mm -hmm. I, I don't mean to take this in a, a, a direct way towards you, but, you know, about, I'll just quote one for it. Didn't Poem uh, support Rick Snyder? Now we have an anti-union governor. Poem, what do you think should happen since Republicans told everyone in our country they felt unions are the problem regarding closing business? Poem learned lessons, um, uh, learned lessons with all due respect. Never support just for a political agenda. Vote for what helps all workers, not just what some people think um, they are or hope that they are. So... Um, again, people outlining directly through the site expressing concern about uh, where's, where's Poem's agenda at. I mean, yeah, you know, let me begin by saying that I approve all the comments that go on the blog. And, uh, <laughs> and the, the beauty of doing so. But that also, I guess, goes to show, too, about keeping it very neutralized. Well, that's, that's to me, is when, when, I, when I read those things, it would be very easy to, to, uh, you know, to comb out the, uh, those types of comments. But quite frankly, I, th I love debate. I think it's good, and I'm happy to, to hear that and to respond to it even now. It's healthy. Uh, it, it is. Uh, 
I mean, when I look at that, it says don't support just for a political agenda. I don't know why you ever support a candidate if you don't have a political agenda. I mean, truthfully, we're here to represent our guys. We're here to get the best people in there. And uh, that is our agenda, you know, and so that's a political agenda is selecting people that uh, you feel are going to be the best for your persons that you uh, that you're out there serving. And I, I stand by that now. I, I don't. Uh, we met with Rick Snyder in advance of that. We talked specifically about 312. We talked about uh, specifically about the fact that he came out of the business world and not in a union shop. I've never, and this is going to sound odd, I'm sure to the guy that wrote the blog too, but uh, I've never seen him say anything that's anti-union. I mean, I think he understands this is a union state. This was a union state long before Gateway and Rick Snyder came around. I mean, this has been a union state since... Uh, the 20s when, you know, Packard was still being built yep. in Detroit. Mm -hmm. and, and there was a reason for that. And so I think that he understands that unions are going to continue to exist here. This is a very, very solid union state, if you will. However, uh, so I don't see that as being the issue of him, that he's anti-union. Uh, I think that he expects uh, people to uh, earn, earn their wages and do their part. And quite frankly, I think our guys do. And that's why I don't fear this controversy uh, I think we've gotten swallowed up by the Wisconsin and Ohio controversies, but really and truly, that endorsement that we made has allowed us to sit at the table. Uh, the guys with the plate cards and, and their faces painted that are marching on the sidewalks aren't talking to Rick Snyder and the people. Right. And so the, the people that are having the most influence on what's going to happen to 312 right now are POM people. And uh, my, Bill and I, uh, Birdseye and I, are going to be sitting on a commission about fiscal management and local governments. We're going to be part of the what, what sets the boundaries for these new EFMs. They're here. They're going to come. And, you know, they would have come without our endorsement. Yeah. And what we saw was he was going to win big, and it was going to be a solid Tea Party trimmed local uh, Senate and House. And you know what? If we'd have sat out on the sidewalk and cried, cried a river... Uh, I don't feel we would be making the inroads we are now. Something is going to change, but what I'm proud to say is that we are being consulted about how to make those changes, what direction to make them, and that would not have occurred had we said we hate all Republicans. And <laughs> quite honestly, we have 110 state reps here. We average, we are the highest winning endorsement in the state. I'm talking MEA, uh, the American Medical Association. And the reason that is is because we pick good candidates. We don't pick a party. And uh, when you endorse 100 of 110 state reps and the score is 55-45, obviously you had two parties. That's why we get asked to come to the table. It's not because simply of an endorsement. It's because they know our endorsement isn't automatic. It's thoughtful. And uh, we'd make some errors. But I wouldn't consider this one. I think right now uh, we're doing a benefit to a lot of guys, but right, our focus is on police. Uh, you know, if, it, if the teachers uh, decide to dig in or others do, God bless them. I'm going to tell you that we're in there and we're sitting at the table, and I don't regret that endorsement one bit because had we not endorsed it, that would be really ugly in the Lansing right now. Yeah. Right now it's sort of ugly. I think the key takeaway from that, too, is, um, like you said, is the endorsement of the right individuals, uh, not actually pertaining to party, but really what is in the best interest of members and the well, You know, you guys were at uh, the reception we had in Lansing a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We had 77 reps there. Those weren't all Republicans, and they weren't all Democrats, right. and they all wanted to talk, and mm -hmm. uh, they all wanted to know what's going on. And uh, Our endorsement matters, and they know it's not automatic because of whatever party affiliation they have, and so... Do we make some errors? Yeah. I, right now, I think uh, that endorsement and some of the others we made 
are allowing us to uh, participate in the conversation. I'm not convinced that uh, the results will be what everybody would like, but I think they would have been worse had we done otherwise. Well, you know, taking the state of what, you know, the economy and what Michigan's in right now and everybody's feeling the cuts across the board, and including, you know, children in school. Um, but I think you have to come to a point of uh, whether it's at a large state level or even inside your own home, you, you got to come to you got to have a come to Jesus meeting and uh, really sit down and say where do we start to hit the reset button or where where can we start over to to actually make some changes. So does, does every city need a library? Does every city need a Parks and Rec commissioner? Does every city need uh, to have a DPW? You know I don't know. I I'm 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 skeptical. But does every city need a policeman? Yes. Absolutely. And what's going to happen is uh, no matter how nice your park is, no matter how good your roads are, people are afraid. They're of no value to them. And uh, public safety is the number one thing, and that's what we need to focus on. And uh, uh, these other guys need to dig in a little bit. Our, our guys in Bay, up in Bay just gave an 8.7% decrease. In where? Bay City? In uh, Bay County. Bay County. And, uh, and, and they, they've ratified that. Okay, that wasn't imposed upon them by an arbitrator. They said okay. Yeah, uh, we've got guys that are kicking up the, their contributions and pension. That are paying for health care. We get thrown under the public employee umbrella, but we're not teachers. Our guys pay for pensions. They pay for their health care, and uh, and I don't think you want them to work until they're sixty eight years old. So no. do they have pensions? Yeah, but you know they got to go maybe ten fifteen years before they get Social Security and probably. Two-thirds of our guys don't even get Social Security. So, you know, what What do you want, a 70-year-old cop, or do you want some guy 55 living on 50% of his pay the rest of his life? That's Yeah, it's a tough decision. And that's yeah. I think these are a bunch of the layers of the onion a lot of, of, of consumers don't see. So it's important to see those. Um, switching gears here for a moment, and then we're going to wrap, but I want to talk a little bit about some of we brought up earlier about Walter Reed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the hospital that's down in, um, it's it's in the Washington, D.C. area, right. but it's in Maryland? Uh, it's actually uh, it, it's still in D.C. Still in D.C. It's moving to Maryland. Moving to Maryland. Okay, that's where my confusion yep. was. Mm -hmm. But last year, I um, had, had the privilege of going down with, uh, with Jim to the hospital. Um, Jim's taken it upon himself for numerous years in the past to do the donation drive, um, localized. Um, nothing too large, nothing too huge, but to go down and to visit. Um, these are soldiers that are active duty members Yes, um, that uh, have been fighting in various parts of the world, most notably now overseas in Afghanistan and That's Iraq, right. that have been injured and uh, have some very life-changing injuries. And um, to go there and show support, being that it is police week, and uh, these are um, Jim being an ex-defender himself of a community, and these are just uh, people in different defending arms. They're for our country. So the donation drive. T tell us a little bit about what we got going on and what's going to be happening in April and what we're looking to collect and all the other great things. Sure. Uh, you know, this all started out just ever so briefly, and I know your time's limited, but we are, when you hear Homeland Security, I always describe our guys as the first line of Homeland Security. We want our soldiers to keep them off our borders, but we recognize they're going to get here. And so that's where the soldier police thing, I mean, I'm surrounded by soldiers. I'm a, you know, a child of the 60s. You know, I was uh, 1A during the Vietnam War. Didn't get drafted, but, uh, you know, was down there prepared to be. And uh, so we've always seen that connection there, you know, law enforcement and soldiers as being really homeland security. And I think that term came up later, but sort of gave me the impression that, you know, we all are doing the same thing. And 
when you go out there and you think about these 19, 20 year old guys, I would see some of them come back and get hired as policemen. I'd say, gosh, it's such a such a young person, you know, and they're so talented and uh, they're gifted. Really, they learn about rules and regulations and things. It's they make great police officers. But I wanted to go and uh, visit with them in, uh, at Walter Reed, and nearly everyone we visit is uh, a loss of limb or a closed head injury. I mean, there's really these are the most serious injuries that happen, and many of them are just days off of the battlefield when we find them, as you recognize. Yeah. And uh, the first time we went, I was, what are we going to do for these guys? And, you know, you don't know what to expect, and then all I could think of was a clean T-shirt, and we brought them all clean T-shirts with the American <laughs> flag on and made in the USA T-shirts, and, you know, we were so proud of that. And, uh, you know, from that it evolved uh, because they, I think they started in the, the liaison there, started realizing that we, we meant good and that we were serious about you know, the gifts we wanted to bring. It wasn't, you know, we never take any pictures. We, we don't bring anything out of there but our memories. Yep. And, uh, and so what we're trying to do this year is discovered over this period of time that DVDs or CD-ROMs, movie and uh, music CDs are very important and they can't be shared because of the uh, presence of infection in this hospital uh, once one is issued to you it's yours forever you right. know, they can't pass them around so then we come to find that you know a lot of families show up at this hospital on very short notice you know you know dad's coming home brother's coming home son's coming home sister wife mom too in some cases and you grab a duffel bag and a clean pair of underwear and off to Washington you go so yep. a lot of the times that we're there the things that we're bringing are for moms and dads and little kids we you know we thought about the soldiers and then we realized these guys are there for a year or two uh, frequently and they have young kids there and how do you how do you pacify a little kid while dad's on a treadmill or working someplace in therapy so that brought the dvds and then uh, last year when you and i went uh, we had one dvd player and i remember one dvd player. the very first lady said you know i've got three little kids here and if you had a you know, SpongeBob's DVD and a and a player, it would be wonderful. And mm. we had one, and we gave it up. <laughs> and that was only because some person unknown to me brought it to uh, my office and said, "Here, take this." Yeah. And I brought it. I mean, I never thought of it. I wish I could say I was that clever. And now we've realized that that and electric shavers. Again, I never thought about taking the electric commodities. But they all have blood thinners. Uh, you know. The, the, federally issued razors aren't very good so after you know going there with you and i mean and your creative skills uh you know i'm really more of reactionary than proactive i guess uh what we what we're trying to do this year is to go to each one of these uh soldiers and have sort of a package if you will of a pair of pajamas and this bottle of shampoo and a dvd player and uh you know and perhaps an electric razor and i know those are you know highly sought after but i also know they aren't five dollar items i mean those are fifty dollar items and not everyone has an extra 50. and you know if we could take that down there and if, you know, if we have an odd number you know they have the store which you yep. saw it's a, sort of a livery there for uh, nothing is wasted you know people that come in all for the balance of the year they'll uh, you know they'll be able to pull away from that extra dvd player or that extra razor or pair of pajamas and uh, to me if we could do that for each one of those soldiers, that little package, and again, this is sort of my wish list: is a you know a razor, a, a DVD player, some shampoo, and some weightlifting gloves, and a pair of pajamas. If you could hand that to to one guy, to me, yeah, you've seen the reaction. It's 
It's um, it's it's, uh, it's 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 indescribable. It's really. indescribable. It's very moving, and, and um, I don't think once um, in speaking to any of these individuals, and I remember speaking to um, one kid that was uh, probably 19 years old, and um, he double had, amputee. Yeah, and um, no, the, never an angry word. Did you hear? No, no, no. They they thank you for coming down. They wish they, they could go back. Yep, they wish they could go back, and they they thank you for coming down, and. Um, and many of them responded to, don't feel bad for me. Don't yeah. feel bad for me. Help me put the T-shirt on. Help me do this. Yeah. Uh, so we, we went ahead and put together a donation. Um, it's a page up on the uh, POAM.net site. It's POAM.net forward slash donate. Yeah, there's a banner right on the homepage. And we're looking for a number of items which you can gather. Um, there's instructions. There's even a templated press release on how to put together a fundraiser. If it's going to be at your precinct, at your school, at your senior citizen center, we're looking to gather a number of items to take down to uh, Walter Reed uh, when we go to D.C. for Police Week. And these are things that uh, Mr. Tiganelli, myself, um, and, and some other people are going to be handing out specifically. But um, we have a list on there, and some of the items, like Mr. Tiganelli has just said, was uh, electronic shavers, uh, clean T-shirts, baseball hats. Um, we also extended some list of his like portable DVD players, DVDs. Um, if you can have small, packaged, unused toys that we can pass off to some of the soldiers' family members, mm -hmm. uh, you'd be surprised at the little kids that are in there. It, it, these uh, hospital rooms become their home. They become decorated like their home. And That's these, true. And these kids yep. and uh, the people need to be able to pass times. Other things would be great, too. CVS gift card, a Walmart gift card, maybe an iTunes gift card. Target's big out there, too. Yeah, Target Target's gift card. Home. Those types of things. Um, $5 gift card means a lot to some of these people. If uh, a wife has to run out real quick and pick up a couple small items she needs for herself and maybe some children, those come in very, very handy to do so. So. And no, we rent a van. I'll rent a van, as I did last year. Well, you even had a gentleman that offered to give you out a, uh, an escalator. Actually, I'm waiting to hear back from him. But uh, <laughs> we transport them on foot, uh, and, uh, and we get treated really well there. They, they welcome us at the hospital. I think they look forward to the visit. And, uh, but, I mean, I'm blessed to have that opportunity. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that very few people get to experience it, but it's very fulfilling. It is. And so, again, we're asking you, to our listening audience, if you would like to participate, there's probably a $5, $10 bill you have laying around that could do a lot of good for a soldier that's down at Walter Reed. And you can go to the POAM.net website. Right there, there's a banner on the homepage, and it's a Donate. And uh, there's a package, so you can do your own fundraiser as well. So this is going to be going on through the entire month of April 2011. We're heading down there the, uh, the second week 12th. of May 12th. May 12th. So we'll be taking donations up to a couple days just ahead of time that there, and those can all be delivered down to the POAM headquarters in Redford, Michigan. All the information's up there on the website. Jim, I want to thank you very much for coming in and talking to us about all these great things and how Palm's using... Um, uh, the website and social media to, to, to great to great usage as as early as 12 hours ago. It's uh, <laughs> so rewarding to hear. But that just is an extension to show a lot of our listeners and businesses out there how you can make the Internet work for your company. So, Jim, yeah. thank you for coming out. I appreciate you it. You know, that, uh, just the other day, to interrupt you, we used that email blast deal, mm -hmm. talking about 312. And when something happens in Lansing and we do this email blast, to me, it's chilling the reactions that we get. Oh, that's a good in point. In a matter of seconds. So yeah. another type of communication that you, you we were unaware of really without the trademark connection it, it really 
helped to show you that there was a tool there available. And what Jim is pointing out is with the 3112 act that, that's happening, when different components or they want to move points around, we have built a very quick, easy-to-use templated letters that um, any consumer or constituent can go to the website and download and simply print them out or email them very quickly it's been really neat to, to their representatives to right and, from the website. Again, that's the kind of stuff that really involving you guys has... Uh, taking us to that step beyond uh, just having a website. It's been, a, it's been a good relationship. Well, we appreciate it, and we're looking forward to a long-term one. Uh, Jim Tiganelli, the president of the Police Officers Association of Michigan, thank you for coming in and uh, sharing uh, some of these stories with us today. Nice to be here. Thanks right. for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Trademark Productions' weekly podcast radio show. Remember to submit your questions online at tmprod.com and subscribe to our newsletter and on iTunes. No copying of this can be reproduced without permission. Terms apply. Copyright T. Productions 2011. All rights reserved.